Hello and welcome to Inside the Admissions Office, the official podcast of Ingenious Prep and your go-to resource for expert admissions strategy. My name is Noelle, and each episode, I'll bring you behind-the-scenes knowledge from former admissions officers about their firsthand experiences reviewing applications. Our strategies have helped countless students gain acceptance to top universities, and we're here to help your student gain that competitive edge and do the same. If you would like to set up a complimentary strategy call, simply follow the link in our episode description and our expert team of enrollment counselors will work with you to create a personalized plan for admission into your student's dream school. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. We are so thrilled to bring you another exciting episode. I just sat down with Natalia and had such an incredible and insightful conversation about computer science. We discussed some strategies to elevate your application if you're a rising senior and don't feel like you've done enough. We also talked through some personal statement angles to consider and avoid. So for example, if your essay starts with, I've loved computer science since I was three years old, you might want to rethink that. And of course, we dove into the everlasting question of how do you stand out in a sea of incredible applicants with incredible qualifications, right? What is the key to success? Well, we dive into that and more on today's episode, so you definitely don't want to miss out. I hope you're ready. And let's jump right into our interview with Natalia Ostrowski, a former missions officer from the University of Chicago. Hi, Natalia. How are you today? Doing so well, Noel. Thanks for having me. We're excited to have you on the very first episode. And I know you've been a guest on our podcast before, but for new listeners, can you briefly share a little about yourself and your background? My name is Natalia Ostrowski. I'm Assistant Director of College Counseling here at Ingenious Prep. I'm also an FAO, which means former admissions officer. I previously was an admissions officer at the University of Chicago. There, I was Director of India, but I also read for the Middle East, South and Central Asia, as well as Southeast Asia, as well as Australia and New Zealand. And I did get to go to Poland to do some presentations. That is my ethnic background. So that was an amazing experience being an international admissions officer at my alma mater. After college and after working in admissions, I did a software engineering fellowship for women at Hackbright Academy. This was a really interesting experience. My partner is a software engineer, so I wanted to see what it was all about. In between all of that, I worked in publishing and public relations. So all of those things combined really helped me be a really great consultant for high school students who are applying to college. I'm really excited to talk to you a little bit more about computer science. And I know you have a ton of experience working with students who are interested in computer science. And I believe just historically, we've seen the most success with students when they start shaping their applications earlier. So even as early as ninth grade, you want to give yourself the most time to develop that application. So for these younger students, where should they begin to really give themselves a head start in computer science? One of the biggest things I see with students who are starting later with us is that they're really focused only on math and coding languages and those types of things. And those are things you do need to have as a prospective computer science students is excellent testing, excellent grades in math and science. But that's not where it ends, right? You know, I have a student who is applying this year to computer science and I've worked with him since ninth grade, actually. 
And from the beginning, we really focused not only on the math and sciences, the competitions and all of those things. We were looking also at the liberal arts part of liberal arts and sciences, reading <laughs> extracurriculars. He founded his own clubs and worked on projects on the side. And I think those are the things that really help candidates stand out in the really competitive pool of computer science and engineering programs is because everybody applying to those top schools will have excellent testing, excellent grades, right? And probably excellent competitions in Java. But how are you going to show those schools how you're going to be an excellent addition to their campus community? They want to see you beyond that kind of trope of the computer nerd just on their computer all the time. In terms of more specific things, try to take the highest level of math you can, or at least make sure that you can get through at least AP Calculus BC. By the time you graduate, ideally, you could go beyond that into like multivariable calculus or linear algebra. Make sure you start thinking about what kinds of projects you might want to make. So definitely learning those coding languages is very helpful. And then go into something more specific, right? Maybe you're particularly interested in machine learning, or maybe you're particularly interested in building video games. You can find that over time. Really get that foundation for yourself from the beginning. And I think it's a great point. You brought up that you are competing with other students who also have great test scores and great grades. So do you have any recommendations for summer programs or just programs in general that students should be involved in to really set themselves apart in their applications? Yes, great question. Summer programs are an excellent way to really learn how computer science is taught at the college level or looking at different parts of either computer science or something tangentially related to it. So for like pure CS, Stanford is really great. Carnegie Mellon also has really great just CS programs, but they also have some interdisciplinary programs like computational biology. So if you have more than one interest, the University of Chicago has both just plain CS courses, but also courses for data science and applications of CS to say public policy or other things like that. And then we also have Carleton College, well known for its interdisciplinary curriculum including game design, machine learning. I actually just had a student who did game design program at NYU. That's what she's interested in is in game design. So you could go for the pure CS route or you could go into programs that are a little bit more interdisciplinary and connected with other programs. But these are really great way not only to get to know the school, but also to understand, okay, this is what I'm up against <laughs> when I am coming into this field of study. And for students who are really looking to go one step further, are there any competitions or awards you recommend? So USACO is the one in the U.S. and then CC is in Canada. Those are the two of the best known computer science competitions. One that I'm personally not familiar with, but I have seen recommended by other colleagues is Kaggle that's focused more on data science. It's not necessarily academic, but if you are interested in that area, that could be a good one. One awesome 
bonus point area if you're interested in a really higher level computer science competition is to collaborate with others, right? Maybe through a CS club at school that you found yourself. Hackathons are amazing. You can Google if there's a local hackathon in your area. Many years ago, I had a student who came to Chicago for a hackathon and he made connections with developers from Google and Microsoft and PhD students. And he really got to understand what it means to go in that direction a little bit better, do informational interviews. How did you get to this place? What, you know, would you tell yourself as a high school student, what can I learn from you? So that's a really great way to diversify who you're talking to about all of this. And then, of course, you can create your own hackathon. That could be a really nice goal as a signature project, something you can do either locally, just in your school, or maybe in your area at a local library. Another thing you could really do is contribute to an open source software project. So this is really easy. You can just Google open source project. Anybody can contribute. That's a really great way to collaborate with others, make sure that you're understandable in your code writing, (laughs) because the ideal when working with others is to make sure other people can understand your code, not only that it works, but that it's understandable as well. So open source is a really great way to do that. Or you can create a mobile or web app that combines with some other interests you might have. If you're interested in bio, create something that connects the two. If you're interested in history, I had a student a couple years ago who ended up at UChicago as a dual CS history major, and he created a video game on the Byzantine Empire. Uh, so mm-hmm. that was his signature project. <laughs> yeah, really incredible. Did so much work on both ends, researching, and Chicago has a pretty great history department. So that really worked out for him, and it was a really nice way for him to combine two of his interests. So computer science development really lends itself to combining with almost any subject. So if you have done like a CS competition, you can also do Olympiads in physics or bio or whatever else interests you to show your level of expertise in not only the computer science, but also in other area to make yourself reflect a little bit more on your interdisciplinary interests. I absolutely love that you mentioned the interdisciplinary crossover. Do you mind explaining that a little further for us? How might a student go about pursuing a interdisciplinary crossover? And is this a quality that schools are looking for in students? So it really depends on the schools that you're really hoping to attend. How I would approach it is what do you love to do? Are you just a pure CS, like you want to do a PhD, you want to do research in this? Pursue that and then research the schools where that is supported. So something more like a Caltech, MIT, really pure into that area. If you're extremely interdisciplinary on the other end of the spectrum, and I have a student like this right now, and you love CS and game design and psychology and all these different things, pursue that in a focused way. And that's something that, you know, we were working on so you don't seem all over the place. But then look at when, you know, 
you're doing school research and then telling the school why you want to go there, you want to create something that helps people improve their mental health through the lens of video games, right? That's a perfect application of all Mm -hmm. those inputs. Some places won't be the best place for that, but other places will. So you may look at programs that are not in an engineering school per se, but where you have the ability to take more interdisciplinary courses like the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign has these great computer science and programs. That's a really nice way to branch out into those other interdisciplinary areas. So you can look at it different ways. And I think some people are like, I want MIT or bust. And sometimes that's the wrong way of thinking about it, right? Because you may have an idea of MIT that doesn't actually reflect what it is or what experience you might have. So I would really look internally first and think, okay, these are the things I'm interested in. And from there, you find and do your research to see which programs fit you best. Brought to you by Ingenious Prep. Let's face it, applying for college gets harder and more competitive every year. And as a parent, you know that when it comes to your student's education, the college they attend can unlock networking opportunities, open more doors to success, and make a world of a difference in their future career. And that's where we come in. At Ingenious Prep, we offer a comprehensive program staffed by former admissions officers from top universities across the country and can guide your student through the entire application process. Starting as early as eighth grade, we can help your student develop their application persona, provide writing support to help craft compelling essays, prepare for interviews through mock interview sessions, and provide guidance on letters of recommendation and resume development. We'll take out the guesswork and leave you and your student with calculated decisions. And the best part, at Ingenious Prep, your student gets the power of not one, but two dedicated counselors by their side every step of the way. Over video chat, your student will work with a former admissions officer who will develop the high-level strategy and improve all components of the application. Your student will also have a graduate coach. These are creative thinkers and trained writers and editors who will help your student implement the strategy outlined by the former admissions officer. With our dedicated team by your side, we'll make sure that every part of your student's application reflects their unique strengths and presents the strongest case to their dream school. Ready to start? You can sign up today for a complimentary strategy call in the episode description. I think that's a great point and such an important one too, because maybe once you do your research, you realize that the school you wanted to go to may not be the program that fits you best. Can you think of any other common mistakes that students make when applying to computer science programs? First mistake is thinking that there are safety schools when it comes to computer science. Basically, whenever we think about the level of difficulty Anytime CS or engineering comes into play, I increase the level by one at least. So that's one thing that I would really encourage people to branch out in terms of which programs they're applying for and really just look into other options that are more welcoming, I guess, less restrictive. So that's one big mistake that I often see. Another one, and this goes back to the starting early part, is not reading, not being interested in the world. I have had applicants in the past where it was really hard to work with the student on the personal statement or on the why school essay because 
they didn't have much to say beyond computer science. And if you have no other interests, that's okay, but at least can you talk about it? And I had a hard time with some students to get that reflection, like, why is this important to you? And I can't get an answer. So that kind of goes back to just be interested about the world. If you're not really into fiction, read nonfiction or read the news. Or if you like business, read The Economist or read a venture capital blog. Just have some kind of interest or ability to articulate your interests outside of that. I would say those are probably the two biggest things. And then this one, I think anybody can make I see it across all areas of interest is applying to a school and not doing enough research on it, not really understanding or being able to articulate why it's a good fit for you, why you'd be a good fit for the institution. So just doing the appropriate school research is really important as well. I know you mentioned the Y School essay and students struggling with that. Do you have any advice for personal statements or supplemental essays that students can use to really show that they are more than computer science? So the key word here is reflection. Don't start any of your essays with, I've loved computer science since I was three years old. Admissions officers, as you can imagine, read thousands of applications every year. And if I had a dollar for every time I read an admissions essay while I was at UChicago of I have loved X since I was this age, right? I wouldn't need to be working anymore. (laughs) You want to dig deep into why is this interesting to you? What is the purpose behind you learning Java or Python? What is the purpose of it beyond just making it? Are you a tinkerer? Do you enjoy taking things apart? Do you want to build tools for populations that the tech world doesn't prioritize, right? Are you trying to solve some kind of problem, whether it's something like knowing what's in your fridge to tracking menstrual cycles better to really anything? Like, what is your purpose? Why is that important to you? It doesn't even matter what you're making or what you're pursuing. What they want to know is why is that important to you? And that will show them a little bit about who you are, what your values are, what you care about. So that's something that I want everyone to internalize. And this is not only for computer science students, it's for everyone. Because actually right now, this is that time for personal statement brainstorming. And a lot of my students are like, Can I have an example? Like examples won't help you right now. Right now you have to brainstorm. I have one student who is really worried about not having adversity growing up. And I'm just like, this is not a competition. You will not compare with students with real adversity. So don't go that route. What's important to you? I know this about you. Why is this important to you? You don't have to talk about adversity if you don't have any in your life. I mean, especially from the regions I was reading from, I read some really incredible stories about students with really intense obstacles. And some people don't have that and they should be very grateful, right? If they don't have those stories to tell. So when you're really looking internally, you're thinking about, okay, This part of my personality is important. I have one student who's super outgoing, right? And 
I think if he didn't write about that or explain why he loves talking to people and making those connections, I think that wouldn't otherwise be reflected in his application. Something I used to always tell prospective students while I was an admissions officer doing my information sessions is tell us who you are today. I don't want to know who you were three years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. Who are you today and how are you going to take who you are today and implement it into your college years, right? What are your college year goals based on what you've accomplished so far? So really think about it in that sense, rather than these are the things I've done, because we'll see that in the activity list. Why are you doing those things? Why is it important to who you are? Like I had a student who had a really severe back injury as a result of dancing. And that's all she wanted to talk about. But that was in the beginning of her high school career. And I was like, okay, you are more than your injury. Who have you become since then? How have you adapted? What are you doing now that you can't dance the same way that you could before? The injury may be a hook, but it's not the point. So for rising seniors, obviously we've been going through such a hard time with being remote, And maybe for students who didn't have the opportunities that prior students had with being in person doing these projects, are you seeing specific challenges with that? And how would you advise these students? One thing admissions officers will be looking for is how students pivoted into the remote world. I think one thing to remember for everyone, I can't imagine the mental health toll that COVID had on students at such a young age. So that's something to give yourself grace as you're going through the application process. It's easy for me even to say, these are the things you need, do it. (laughs) But when I think about trying to put myself in the shoes of students who had ninth, 10th, 11th grade potentially affected by this, either with being at home for part of it or family members getting ill or God forbid passing because of it, that definitely takes a toll. So You can talk about those things in your application. In fact, there is a separate section to talk about the impact that COVID has had on you or your family. So that's very important. But beyond that, admissions officers want to see like, how did you pivot? For our students, we definitely encourage students to let us know what those are. And then we help them determine whether or not it's worth putting that into the application. To sum everything up here, I do want to end by talking about your experience being at an all-woman CS boot camp. And I know you're very passionate about inspiring and empowering young girls to explore a STEM field. So what advice do you have for them? Yeah, so really you can do anything. I have a couple of young women who I'm helping. Their age range varies, but they're so incredible, so impressive. Don't be bogged down by the tropes of society. I think they've gotten so much better. We're talking about it so much more just in everyday lexicon. Perhaps some people are still in classrooms where it's the majority boys, but I think that's happening less and less. The creators of interesting technology are women and have been since the beginning, by the way. But there have been some really interesting inventions early on. 
by women. And that's the thing to remember is that there's always a narrative, right? And this is something I can give you from my PR days, right? There's a way to shape the narrative. There's a way to shape your story in a genuine way. And unfortunately, the way that computer science and STEM narrative has been generated as something, you know, that boys can do or that is easier for them. And that's just not true. That makes no sense. Think about what you like and do it, right? If you need support and you don't have it from your family or friends, you can find it elsewhere. That is one of the most amazing things I think now about the internet. (laughs) You can find it at school. Talk to, you know, your math teacher. Talk to your physics teacher. Talk to your CS teacher. If there isn't one, You know, there's plenty of coding schools for younger students now. In fact, one of my students is teaching at one of these coding schools and is a woman. (laughs) There's just so many amazing opportunities. If they're not in your local area in person, they are online. So really just pursue what you're interested in and actually do it. And this isn't gender specific, but one thing that I see that is the difference between my students who succeed and my students who don't succeed the way they want to is the actual action piece, right? They have ideas of what they want to become, but they don't do the work in order to get there. On the other hand, my students who are interested in doing all the things and then end up exactly where they want to be because they have that evidence, they have that experience, they've done the things that support their interests. I remember I took this financial accounting class and the teacher said, I love the opera and I watch the opera very often. Am I an opera singer? No. If you come to class and you hear the lectures, but you don't do the work, mm-hmm. you will not become good at accounting. <laughs> That's an amazing analogy. Yeah. yeah. Probably you may have similar experience. I love to listen to music, but that doesn't make me a violinist, right? Mm-hmm. Hours and hours of practice makes you mm-hmm. a great violinist. So I think that is for any subject, any area, probably my biggest piece of advice is do the things. If you don't do the thing, you won't know if you like it. If you don't do the thing, you won't know how to go deeper and you won't know how to share it with others. And you won't know how to articulate what you've done in your college application essays. If the end goal is to write this amazing application, you need to have the evidence, the experiences, the leadership, the volunteering, all that in your life that you've done in the past. So the thing is... Yeah, and that's why we start early. Yes. (laughs) Just you have the time. Yeah. Yeah. But if you are a rising senior and you're like, wow, I haven't done as much as I wish I had done, don't try to cram it all in. Maybe take one thing and try to take it to the next level. And you have until November for early apps and January for regular. So you still have some time. Just pick one thing to do really well and further that a little bit more. If you are really into gaming, try to build a game, right? You don't have to finish it necessarily by the time you apply, but you have to be able to talk about the process of doing it, starting and failing and starting again and reworking your code. If you are missing maybe some volunteering, maybe go volunteer teaching seniors technology or 
teach at a coding school if you have that ability. If there are competitions, you'll have to see the deadlines and how that goes. Typically, it's a little late to start now for those. But hackathons are definitely something that are a good low-hanging fruit because those are often just a day or two. But if you have other interests, right, and for example, if you are a musician as well as interested in CS, there's tons of things you could do to combine the two. I knew someone in my cohort who did a project on, I don't remember exactly, but it had something to do with creating, maybe it was like something like Shazam, where you can recognize them, which song it is, right, by playing the music into your phone. It's a very basic one, and like not fully developed like the actual app, but that was something that this person did. So it really, again, mm-hmm. depends on your interests what it is that you can do. But if you want to talk to us, we can wear the <laughs> Yes, we can help you. Thank you so much for joining us today. And if you would like to speak with one of our experts like Natalia, you can set up a complimentary strategy call with one of our enrollment counselors by following the link in our episode description. And for more information and access to additional resources, you can register for our webinars, which is also linked in the episode description. If you have any questions or would like to request a topic for a future episode, you can email me directly at noelle.kim at ingeniousprep.com. Thank you for listening to another episode of Inside the Admissions Office. And don't forget to follow the podcast so you're notified every time a new episode is available. That's all for now, and I hope you'll join me next time as we continue our journey inside the admissions office.